You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Tuesday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and after you get done listening to today's show, I invite you to join Locked On NFL Draft host Trevor Sykema and Benjamin Solak for recaps and analysis of the 2021 NFL Draft and a look ahead at next year's future first-round picks. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast at. And as I alluded to yesterday, we are back today with a spring, post-spring practice preview of Iowa's depth chart. And we are going to be joined by WQAD Sports MMJ, Celia Palermo. We are joined by her. We're going to have that coming on in just a second. Just a reminder, we are actually just doing the offensive position today. We have a little bit of a conversation about the Big Ten versus SEC as well. Tomorrow, we're going to be breaking down the defensive side of the ball and giving you our record predictions. We have some phenomenal interviews coming up as well with some recruits into some Iowa Hawkeye athletic programs. we got a baseball player. we got a future wrestler. And we are going to be joined by Patrick McCaffrey as well. So these are interviews and shows you are not going to want to miss. And the best way to make sure you don't miss them is by following us wherever you downloaded this podcast at, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the Odyssey app. Make sure to follow us there and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. With all that being said, though, let's hop into our post-spring practice positional preview with Celia Palermo. All right, y'all. I'm honored to be joined here by Celia Palermo. Celia, it is an honor to have you on. Um, You've been doing the Iowa Beat for a little while now. How are you doing, though? I'm doing pretty well going into my third year covering the Hawkeyes. I'm, I'm super excited for this season. Mostly ready to have uh, fans back in the stands and have Kinnick Stadium be, uh, be ready to go. Yeah. What was that like last year covering it without fans being around? Ooh, it was, um, it was different. You know, normally I'm on the sidelines and you're like pressed for space and you're shimmying between players behind players to get from one end to the other. <clears throat> This year, we were shooting from the stands with nobody but parents and family on the complete opposite side of the stadium from us. So it was, I mean, Kinnick was like a ghost town. You know, Iowa City was like a ghost town. Normally, I add like 30 minutes to allow myself to get through game day traffic to park and, and, you know, get settled and everything. But, you know, I could roll up an hour before the game started no traffic and uh it was weird a bad weird so i'm ready for fans back yeah was it nice having fans in the stadium for spring practice it seemed like it was a pretty good turnout absolutely there was a good turnout um there's it felt like there was energy you know when the team made a good play there were cheers and um it felt like okay we're getting closer to to what we're used to here you know it's still not the same because it it wasn't very many fans, but it was enough fans to feel like there's a crowd here. Absolutely. I'm excited for Saturdays and Kinnick this upcoming season. Um, I do got to ask you this question. So you are an SEC person by, by trade. Um, yeah. What do you think of the difference between the Big Ten and the SEC? Does Big Ten have any sort of grounds to stand on with the SEC when it comes to, we'll ask two questions, football and lifestyle in regards to football? That's so tough. That is so tough. 
Um, and remember, we're an Iowa podcast, right? So you're speaking to yeah. a lot of Iowa fans here. See, that's tough because <laughs> each conference, each program has its little unique factors that make it special, right? Um, I will say, like, Iowa fans in general, maybe not during Cyhawk, but they're just really good people, I would say. <laughs> not that Georgia fans are bad, but in the South, like – if you cheer for Georgia tech and you encounter a Georgia fan, like watch out, like look out, <laughs> <laughs> it might get violent, you know, depending on uh, how many drinks someone has had. Um, just the culture. It's, it's rabid in the South. I would say um, you can't drive anywhere without seeing at least in Georgia, you know, a Georgia G red and black go dogs, anything like that. And I loved that. You know, I went to a really small high school minimal sports so to go from that to a school where sports are absolutely everything it was incredible um but on the other hand the big 10 has so many different unique cool traditions that make it special and you know i love the iowa wave for example i love the traveling trophy games to throw out something else it's just different in a good way. And I've loved every minute of it. Honestly, that was probably the best answer you could have given while respecting the SEC and not pissing off people there and also not pissing off <laughs> Iowa fans. You know, I, you. Don't mind, I don't mind if I piss off Georgia fans. I'm not there anymore. I'm a, proud, I'm a proud dog. And, you know, Georgia fans, they probably know, you know. <laughs> yeah, I get it. So how did you end up in Iowa then? So from California, went to Georgia, you're in Iowa, though. That's a, that's a pretty big difference between the three. Um, how did you end up here and in Davenport of all places? Yeah, absolutely. So went to Georgia um, and right out of school, my first job in TV was um, as a sports reporter in Augusta, Georgia. So I worked there for two years. Great experience. Got to cover the Masters. Um, but after my two years, I was, you know, ready for something new. Um, and there happened to be a job open at WQAD and, you know, being honest, and I've told my bosses this, like three years ago, if you would ask me if I'd be living in Iowa today, I would have said, absolutely not. Like, I'm sorry. I just, I'd never been here. I don't know much about the area. And so when I heard quad cities, I had no idea where that was, but <laughs> I came here and I fell in love with the community. I fell in love with the sports here. And so I've been here for about two years now and I absolutely love it. Yeah. I mean, no offense taken to any of those, those comments. I, I left the state. So and I, yeah, I'm, why? I'm Come on. In, I've been back in 10 years. So uh, clearly not, wow. not a great Iowa. Yeah. I got come back to like visit. I just don't, I'm never, I'm never living in Iowa again. When was the last Iowa game you went to? That's a good question. Uh, wow. Some year. Iowa fan you are. I know. Wow. <laughs> I'm getting called out much. Um, I would have to say, so it was 2020, 2019, 2018. Okay. And I don't know which game. Yeah, it would have been 2018, I believe. I lived in Madison for for five years or four wow. years, and I had season tickets to Iowa games. So I was coming down every weekend then, and then I would hit up the Iowa-Wisconsin game whenever I was in Wisconsin. Once we moved out to Denver, yeah. it becomes – comes a little bit a little more, tough. a little more difficult to, to come to games. I'm definitely coming this year at some point. That was, that was tough. <laughs> that was a tough call out there. Um, <laughs> Touche. Um, I will say I love Iowa. I love the community. I just can never come back. 
I it's oh. too much fun in uh, every state I've been to besides yeah. Iowa. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and Den- Denver's a pretty good place to live, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, we go to sports column every single Saturday and watch the game. So there's we got some Iowa traditions, I guess here, but. All right, I need to quickly pause the conversation to tell you about one of our sponsors of the show today. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful, whether it's for your fiance, girlfriend, wife, or even your mother. There's so many options here. When I looked at these, Michelle Fantacci's ring set out as one of the ones I would buy as a gift. It's a conversation piece, so unique and cool. My wife would absolutely love it. So if you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Um, the main reason why we wanted to have you on the show is because you cover Iowa football among a lot of other stuff. And actually, what all do you do for WQAD? Because I feel like you, I see you covering Augusta basketball. It's Augustana basketball, excuse me. Yep. You cover the Quad Cities and high school sports. You cover Iowa football. I mean, is there anything you don't do for WQAD? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like, it's that's kind of my job, right? I'm, so I'm a sports MMJ. So that means we do anything and everything. Um, unfortunately for Iowa fans, we also cover Illinois. Um, we cover Iowa state too. Um, but it's, it's just a blast getting to do so many different sports. So, uh, we focus a lot on high school though, because this is a really good community for high school sports. There's a lot of really talented athletes. And then you mentioned Augustana. That's one of the best, um, one of the best D3 basketball teams in the country. Um, and they're incredible. And we also cover St. Ambrose as well. So kind of a mixed bag. Yeah. I did not realize you covered Illinois until I saw you post something about Illinois. And I was like, oh man, all right, we can, <laughs> we, we can get past this. I don't actually hate Illinois. I just can't stand some of their fans. It's all good. Wow. So, no comment. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't <laughs> piss them off. Um, all right. So let's get into some football talk. A uh, couple big storylines, obviously Spencer Petras and how he's doing, how Alex Badia and Deuce Hogan are doing. And I feel like Kirk Ferentz did make a comment during his press conference. That I thought was really interesting because in, you even alluded to this before we got on the show, but I felt like this entire time Spencer Petrus has had the job in his hands. Really, he, he had to really screw up to lose the job. Kirk does show a lot of loyalty to his quarterbacks. There's only been really one kind of year that was interesting. That was Jake Rudock, CJ Beathard. But he made something, he made a comment that I thought was really interesting. He said, Spencer is still has room for improvement. He's improving for sure. The other guys are closing the gap and moving into the field of consideration. We've seen enough of both those guys to feel good. Now, Iowa fans have been chomping at the bits to not see Spencer Petras play quarterback. I feel like we should have a better uh, you know, reaction of like, let's hope Spencer does well. And if he doesn't, hopefully we have someone else to do well. But I feel yeah. like people have seen enough. They're over it. They've seen eight games. They've seen other freshmen and sophomore quarterbacks perform well for their teams. Uh, Georgia, Jake Fromm comes in and does phenomenally. We expect not that kind of production, but just, gosh, be average. And we couldn't get yeah. that all, all times from Spencer. So what are your thoughts on the quarterback position? Do you feel like there's actually a chance we don't see Spencer line up under center as a starting quarterback this fall? You know, I think right now it is Spencer's job to lose. You know, I do think he would have to do something to lose that job. He has the benefit of experience under his belt, whereas nobody else has that. So 
it is his job to lose. But on the flip side, yes, he looks good in practice. He's made strides. He's proving to be more accurate, a little bit more decisive, quicker, getting the ball out of his hands faster. But Alex Padilla, I'm actually pretty impressed with him. He looks confident. He looks like the game has slowed down a little bit. He, I mean, if there's going to be a quarterback competition, I'm not mad at Alex Padilla being an option. Um, He doesn't have the experience though. That's the thing. Um, But if you're going to have a backup or you're going to have a competition, I mean, that's a pretty good option. You mentioned Deuce Hogan. I just don't think he's there yet. Um, I think, you know, he's new. He's still learning the offense and he tended to, try and run the ball a lot in the first practice. It's just, that's not going to cut it. He's not ready. I don't think so. That's where I'm at with it. If there is a competition, it's a good one. Yeah. I mean, you just shattered a bunch of Iowa football fans dreams because everyone wants Deuce Hogan to be the starter. Um, But no, I I definitely understand that. Alex Padilla, I thought looked pretty good. Even when he came in the game last year, I like the fact that he can run the ball. I like the fact that he can get out of the pocket and he, understands when to get out of the pocket and when to actually yes. throw the ball. And so, and he can kind of do it on a timing basis. So I actually have been really impressed with Alex Padilla as well, although I haven't seen him in spring practice. I'm just going off of what I heard. But yeah, I, I think for me, I think Spencer Petrus is the guy who is going to start under center yeah. that first game. And if he does poorly for, I, I would say at least has to be three games, mm-hmm. then they're going to start looking at putting Alex Padilla in. Cause at that point you're starting to get more into the, the meat of your schedule. Obviously getting Indiana, the first game is never easy, but I feel like, they'll give that kind of a pass. Iowa offense typically struggles a bit out of the gate. So that'll be interesting to see. One area we don't expect to struggle is the running backs, though. Tyler Goodson uh, did say he he expects to win a Doak Walker Award. He has good competition against Brees Hall at Iowa State. But I think Tyler Goodson is one of the best backs in all of college football. That's not a question we can really, you know, have a discussion about. But Ivory Kelly Martin, Gavin Williams, LaShawn Williams, those are three guys who are kind of battling. Ivory Kelly Martin has started before but has not played at all this spring. Do you feel like Gavin Williams has done enough to maybe get that number two spot? Yeah, he looked good in spring practice. And Tyler Goodson really sung his praises, saying that he's worked hard, he is on the right track, putting in the effort. And so I think if there is a guy that needs to be back up, it's it's him and he looks good. Obviously, we hope that Ivory Kelly Martin heals up and is, you know, trending in the right direction. But with knees, you know, you just never know. I yep. mean, that's that's a really difficult thing to deal with. Um, but I, yeah, I kind of like I like Gavin Williams. And Kirk Parent said this in his um, post practice interview. He was like, if there's any position that we have at least some depth it would be running back because you do have Tyler Goodson being that leader, having that experience. And then these guys behind him that are just working really hard and trending in a really good direction. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because I actually talked about the running back depth, you know, depth perception, I guess, because Athlon sports put out a five things. I, you know, they kind of do those trendy articles, five things Iowa has and has struggles with. And they said literally running back depth. And it said, Tyler Goodson is a great running back, but Ivory Kelly Martin had, four carries last year. And I was like, you're just missing the previous three years and the part where he was yeah. also a starter. Uh, Gavin Williams got time last year. And then the fact that Kirk Barron sang the praises of that running back group, Kirk does not 
give praise out very easy. He's no. more focused on what is wrong. And then he'll kind of <laughs> maybe give you a little bit of positivity at the end. But um, so completely agree. Love the running back spot. Obviously at fullback, we got Monty Potterbaum. He's going to be phenomenal. I want to get to the wide receiver group though. Tyrone Tracy and Nico Regani have been out. Uh, mm-hmm. Tyrone Tracy, we know is going to be the number one receiver. Yep. Nico Regani clearly has a significant lead on everyone else. Although I personally have been concerned by the drops I've seen from him in games. I feel like the consistency isn't always there, but I don't think that is an opinion shared by many. Um, as far as the third wide receiver position, I feel like it's actually a pretty open race. Now everyone wants to focus on Keegan Johnson and Arlen Bruce. Um, you know, the new shiny toy is kind of the, the exciting thing everyone wants to talk about. Is there anyone else that's standing out to you, though? I'm thinking Charlie Jones, uh, Quavon Matthews, Max Cooper. Is anyone that you feel like has really stepped up to be that number three? Yeah, I think it's Charlie Jones for me. That kid has just proven time and time again how freaking athletic he is and how he can make plays. That was kind of a big story last year, and one of the things that was really fun to watch was Charlie Jones kind of emerge as this stud. And so – when you have two guys like Nico Regani and Tyron Tracy, whose injuries are minor, you know, yep. they're going to be good, ready to go. In that number three spot, I think Charlie Jones will again step up and be a, a really big impact maker and someone we're going to see a lot. And I hope we see a lot because of how athletic he is. All right, y'all, one more pause of the conversation with Celia. I hope you are enjoying the conversation as much as I did. I do want to tell you about rockauto.com, the family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for all of your auto and body part needs from hundreds of manufacturers. They literally have everything you could possibly imagine, and their catalog is so easy and remarkably awesome to navigate. You're going to be able to quickly find all the parts you need, the prices you prefer, the brands you want, and all the specifications you desire for your car. Again, the prices are amazing. I went to rockauto.com and I saved $50 on two engine air filters and had it shipped directly to my door and it only took me five minutes. That's how amazing rockauto.com is. So when you need to get some auto parts, some carpet, whatever it might be for your daily driver, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. This past week, they had so many cool options on there from the Kentucky Derby to the NFL Draft to UFC MMA. They literally cover everything. So if you want to get the latest news, sports, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, go to BetOnline.ag again. They have the Draft, Kentucky Derby. They have MLB, NBA, NHL. They got elections. Whatever you want to bet on, BetOnline.ag has you covered. So before the next pitch or before the next tip-off, head over to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device to sign up today for your free account and get all the bonus information and contest information you desire at BetOnline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head over to the website again, get that free account, and if you use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. He's so quick and so fast. I mean, I know. and like in the slot, he's, I actually said, um, I did a pre pre spring practice preview. And I said, I think Charlie Jones could catch 40 to 50 balls this year. Um, this, yeah. this, the slot guy just gets so many catches and compared to like a Nick Easley who I'm a Nick Easley stand. He went to my high school. And so we don't have a lot of good things coming out of Newton. So go, <laughs> Nick, go Nick Easley. Um, but Charlie Jones is faster. 
And I would argue potentially just as quick as Nick Easley. And so having that in the slot is going to be phenomenal with Nico and Tyrone on the outside. Who would be the number four, though? Iowa does like to rotate guys in. Max Cooper was getting snaps as a freshman, despite how much depth they have the wide receiver spot. So who do you think is that four or five? Yeah, Max Cooper is good. But, you know, I do. I like the idea of a Keegan Johnson or an Arlen Bruce just to see something a little bit different. You know, these were guys that were just so highly touted coming in. And Kirk Ferentz was very honest in the post-interview presser. He's like, we are just liking what they're doing. They're catching on and they are putting in the work. And Kirk is very hesitant to, you know, just bolster those younger guys just because he knows the the lack of experience. And he doesn't want to say, oh, my God, this guy looks great, even though, like, he has no idea what's going on. You know what I mean? But. So to hear him say that, he was like, yeah, Arlen is looking really good. And I believe him because that's what we saw in spring practice. And I, I hope to see a little bit of them because those were two guys that when they came in, you know, fans are just really excited about them. Yeah. And I mean, they're the future of the wide receiver position. Absolutely. In two, three years, they could be all big 10 type of players, especially with Brody Breck as well, depending on what he decides from a baseball football perspective, if whatever reason he decides to leave football. But yeah, I mean, that's definitely something I'm interested in. Brian Ferentz also even noted that both those guys as young guys, you don't expect a lot. And every single day they consistently rise up to the challenge. And he said, the goal is for them to consistently rise up to the challenge every single day. Well, it seems like they have. And at some Mm -hmm. point you can't say you're young, you're not playing. You got to say, wow, there's so much potential. And maybe it makes sense to get you in the game five to 10 snaps because you're going to be a key player for us in the future. And again, they bring that athleticism and just it's something we haven't seen from the Iowa wide receiver position as young players outside of Amir Smith-Marset and Brandon Smith in quite some time. So very excited about that. Tight end wise, Sam Laporta is clearly the guy. We know that. Um, I think Sam Laporta could be a guy who maybe only has one more year in Iowa City, depending yeah. on if the quarterback position can get him the dang ball consistently. Obviously, Central Petrus targeted him a ton last year, but I wouldn't say in the best situations or the most <laughs> outside of Sam Laporta, though. We have a nice little battle from Luke Lachey, Elijah Elverton, and then Josiah Mayaman. I think Luke Lachey has clearly taken that step as the number two. Um, do you see anything different? And who would you say is number three at this point? I would agree with that. I think he's definitely going to be the number two there. Um, that's tough. Um, Elijah Elverton has looked really good, and I've enjoyed watching him. Um, these guys are just so physical. Um I, I think it could go really either way. That's one of the positions that, you know, I think it remains to be seen just because when you do have a guy like Sam Porta, who is, you know, very clearly far and away, the number one, um, I think it kind of remains to be seen. Yeah. And it's interesting because the past couple of years, Sam Laporta has, you know, Sam Laporta was the guy last year as a freshman, he kind of came up, but we had older guys who were able to mm-hmm. kind of be that depth player, right? We had uh, yep. Nate Reading, we had um, Sean Byer. Those are guys who could be that number two tight end and were okay with being the number two tight end because they could bring yeah. it from a blocking perspective and they also knew the playbook. But now we have younger guys coming in and that's going to be a really interesting scenario, especially given how many wide receivers are probably capable yeah. of getting snaps game in and game out. And we also saw some two running backs, you know, sets last year with Makai Sargent and Tyler Gibson. So it'll be really interesting to see what we see from that tight end perspective. Yeah. Um, moving on to the offensive line. This has been a really interesting spot because there are a lot of people getting injured. We have a ton of younger guys, not a lot of familiar names to people, but 
the way I see it, and I want to get your thoughts on it. We have Jack Plum and Mason Richmond, in my opinion, that are kind of leading the tackle charge. We have Kyler Schott and Cody Ince or Ince at guard and Tyler Linderbaum at center. I think we don't need to focus on center. It's clearly Tyler Linderbaum, right? That would just, someone would have to go drastically wrong. Um, but at tackle and guard, are there any other guys that are really standing out to you? And I know it's been so tough because they've been rotating in so many people and I honestly can't keep it straight. And Iowa's offensive line has such good versatility that they just rotate across the line too. So anyone else is standing out to you? Yeah. First of all, I just want to, I want to address Tyler Linderbaum because I think having him back is just so huge. You know, he yeah. just brings so much. And I think when you have so many different guys coming in and out, having a guy like him to anchor everything is important from an experience perspective, from the game slowing down perspective. Um, I, I'm really excited that he's back and going to kind of be leading the leading the charge there. I like Kyler Schott. I think he also brings experience and, and depth there. Um, but just like you mentioned, it's just so difficult right now to project where and who is going to be filling out the rest of the line just because of the age factor, the inexperience factor. And that was one of the positions where I was like, okay, well, a lot could change between now and August. So yeah. I'm excited to see who emerges as, you know, those, those big playmakers. Yeah. And I think from what we've seen, the depth chart is that it literally changes week by week for the <laughs> literally. Iowa line. That is yep. the one why you always got to look at it. You're like, who's the backup tackle this week? Yep. Oh, that's weird. What, who's like, when did he come up there? Yeah. Didn't see him on the roster last time, you know, yeah. it's <laughs> wild. And then especially cause that's an, also a spot where Iowa does a phenomenal job of finding walk on talent. Kyler yes. shot is a great example of that. I mean, we just Nick to, I mean, I think Nick DeJong was also a walk on as well. So, uh -huh. I mean, there's just, it's just such an interesting spot and obviously a spot that Iowa fans trust to be filled out appropriately. All right, y'all, and that concludes our conversation with Celia. Remember to join us tomorrow as we break down the defensive side of the ball as well, give you our predictions for who is going to be starting on that side of the ball, and then give you our predictions for Iowa's record next season. All that's coming up tomorrow, and we have some phenomenal interviews coming up the rest of the week as well. Make sure to go follow Celia on Twitter and check out her you know, anchoring uh, the news at WQAD. She does a phenomenal job there as well. If you are listening and wanting to get more Locked On podcast content, check out the Locked On Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast at. And again, if you love the show, please make sure to give us that five-star review and follow us wherever you downloaded this podcast app. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And as always, Hawkeye Nation, I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate the love and support. Have a fantastic Tuesday, and let's go Hawks.